Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian Football Club, the team that started 2020, bottom of the league, but they'll end 2020, top of the league. Let's not get into what division they're in though. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined once again by Mark Donaldson. Happy New Year to those of you listening in Australia, because it's probably 2021 by now. And if you're lazy and you don't listen to this straight away, like me, then Happy New Year to you as well. I'm going to start you off with a bit of trivia, because I didn't really want to wait with this screen in front of me um, that has the info um, until halfway through this podcast. I'm going to get it off and running right at the start, Laurie Dunsire. Here is your quiz question. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What have Hearts done only once in the league at home since August 2019? Only done once in the league at home since August 19. Um, August 2019, so that's the start of last season. Um, hmm? Only done once. Shouting at their transistor radio is the answer. Come on. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, is it something obscure? No, not at all. Here you go. Listen to this. Twenty games. Uh-huh. Hamilton, Motherwell, Kilmarnock, Rangers, St Mirren, Livingston, St Johnston, Celtic, Hibernian, Aberdeen, Rangers, Kilmarnock, Hamilton, Motherwell, Dundee, Inverness, Queen of the South, Air United, and Arbroath. There's one team missing from that. That team is Aloha. We beat them 3-0. That is the only time since August 2019 that Hearts have kept a clean sheet at home oh. in the league. How about that? <laughs> That's outrageous. 20 games since that Ross County game in August 2019. Yeah. And only Aloha have failed to score at Tynecastle in the league. That's... I don't want to start on a bum note, but I thought that was an incredible statistic. That is, and it's you know it's one where now you say it, I'm like, well, yeah, that's that's quite right. You don't even need to double check it, but um, no, especially given that a few of those games are in the championship. Um, exactly, and it, it kind of I thought about this after the air game because apart from the second half last night, and we're recording this on a Wednesday, I've enjoyed being in the championship and just the, the different games and whatever. We get payouts in the Premier League clubs or Premiership clubs get get um, loans, which they have to pay back. Look, in all seriousness, it's something different. It's not where I would want to be, but we're there. And I'm going to speak more, as we will, in the next hour or so about the reaction to, to some of the, the performances. We're scoring plenty. We've scored 14 goals. Or 17 in the last four, 14 in the last three at home. But we are conceding. Now, again, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the concession of stupid goals. But that, if, that's nuts. Since the Ross County game in August 2019, only Aloha have come to Tynecastle in a league game and not scored. But yeah. Yeah, obviously some work to do defensively for Hearts. Um, and I guess that was evident over the last couple of games as well. We will talk about the victories against Air United and our brothy post-Christmas matches for Hearts. We will also look ahead to the next game coming up, which is at 
Dens Park, the first game of 2021 for Hearts. And we are going to take a look back to earlier in the year and 2020 as a whole, now that we are coming to the end of it. And uh, what a year it's been. It, It will be a memorable year, not really for the right reasons on the whole, unfortunately, but certainly not one that we're going to forget anytime soon. Okay, let's get us started with the two matches that Hearts have played since the last shows. That was Boxing Day against Air United at Tynecastle, followed up on Tuesday, which was the 29th, against Arbroath, also in Gorgie. Let's have a quick listen back to all the goals from those matches. Air United in possession on the right, ball curled into the box, Moffat after it, gets a touch on it, and then Cammy Smith can force it home! And Air United are level. Comes all the way across, there's a player down, there's still a chance on for Air though. Whipped in, decent effort, oh what a fine goal that is! Air United stunned Tynecastle, they're ahead and it's Luke McCowan with an absolutely terrific effort on his left foot from the right angle into the top corner and it's now Hartman and Lothian 1, Air United 2. Air United getting men behind the ball, Hearts work out to the left, Berra continued his run to the left side, gets to the byline, goes to the cup out, does really well, Whiten with a goal! Brilliant Christoph Berra. That is absolutely fantastic from Christoph Berra. Dashing forward, becoming a winger very briefly, getting to the byline, and he cuts it back to Craig Whiten, who just knocks the ball into the bottom right corner on his left foot for goal number six of the season from no more than what, it's actually about six or seven yards out, but full credit to Christoph Berra for making that goal. Kingsley whips in a lot of pace, decent ball, comes back to Lee, and Hearts are in front, and it's Ollie Lee who smashes the ball home. Goes to Whiten, does well to shrug off one challenge, goes to the right foot shot, Brilliant. lovely goal! Brilliant. Super finish from Craig Whiten! As Craig Whiten comes forward, hits, Liam hits, Boyce hits, in the box hits. left hand side, low shot and Liam Boyce! Well done. Makes it 5-2 to Hearts, the goals raining in here at Tynecastle now. Oh. oh, it's a poor pass by Michael Smith, Bruce Anderson in, Gordon comes out, chance to law on the cutback, Hearts can't get it clear, it's a real mess in the area, can Air United score, they can, Walsh makes it 5-3. And make it hard to midlow in five. Air United three. Get the ball away for Hearts. Now here's Ollie Lee on the right. Feeds it to Whiten. Nice little back heel to Haring. Midway inside the Arbroath half. Lovely pass to Walker. Cut back looking for Naismith. Tap in. One nil Hearts. Easy as that. Almost a fresh air swipe. Back to Michael Smith. Deflected. Naismith with the header. And it's 2 0. There's no flag. Naismith against Gaston in front of the Rosebarn stand. Upsteps Hearts captain, goes down the middle, and Hearts lead by three. Doesn't go towards anyone, oh, it's a miscontrol there, and a chance for a growth, and it's set in, and that's a real disaster for Hearts at the back. It's Chris Doolan with a smart finish in the end. So what are we going to do with the remaining two minutes of the show? Because that's nearly an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not much room for squeezing in. Many more highlights than um, than the goals themselves because they were raining in at Tynecastle on Boxing Day and also a healthy number against our broth, although it didn't feel like a game that had four goals in it <laughs> by the end. But we're not going to break each match down play by play, but interesting to look at some of the um, talking points and the positives and negatives from both of them. Um, so Hearts played air on Boxing Day. They played a, that 4-3-3 set-up um, with Elliot Freer and Jordan Roberts starting and then Robbie Nielsen did say he was going to utilise his squad and change things up a little bit and he played a slightly different formation against 
Arbroath. I've seen a lot of people call it a 4-4-2 diamond. I think the 4-1-3-2 that you've referred to as previously, Mark, I, I think that, to me, looks more like what the, the formation is, but I know you could split hairs over that mm-hmm. with Craig Whiten back in a starting lineup for that one. So a front pairing with Boyce. Andy Halliday moved to left back with Kingsley dropping out with a slight injury and Peter Haring was brought back in in the sitting role. Um, so over the two games, I mean, We'll start with some positives, uh, Mark. Goals for attacking players is, is always good to see. Um, Whiting with a couple, also uh, adding to his assist as well. Liam Boyce getting another goal. Stephen Naismith with a hat-trick. That's that's always a plus point, I think. Regardless of the opposition, you know, I think we've been starved of goal-scoring strikers and attacking players for quite a while at heart. So I think that's good, especially for the two strikers to keep up their scoring run and now battling out for the the golden boot, as I referenced in the Arbroath <laughs> game. I really enjoyed the first goal against Arbroath. Really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lovely goal. Haring was involved, Lee was involved, Walker was involved, Naismith and others. It was just the kind of goal that you would expect Hearts to score in a league that they're likely to dominate most of the games at home that they play in. We just haven't seen that enough. So the problem that we have, and I, I, I want to keep this as positive as possible, is that there's very little that you could do that, that's going to satisfy everyone. Unless you beat Cowdenbeath 10-0 every single week, people will be happy then because you've done something you haven't done for a while. That first half was 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 fine against Arbroath. Um, we were miles ahead at stages and at other stages it was it was pretty tight and then they made it interesting in the second half so there's plenty to ponder there and, and against their united the goals that we're conceding a lot of them are self-inflicted wounds um they went 2-1 up and <laughs> that was that, that was a bit like a, a, a hugely lower level scotland taking the lead against brazil it kind of got us angry and it's like okay well, let's do what we could do now let's stop pissing about and we hit back with four goals in 13 minutes um and, and we're, we're comfortable um but i think teams not working hearts out but i think you've seen with air and our growth in the start I mentioned right at the beginning teams will feel that they can come to timecast and frustrate but they have to come with an element of being able to frustrate while also at times picking and choosing when they have a goal. Because I think at the back right now, we, we are vulnerable. Um, Halliday played at left back against our broth. Kingsley, who's been one of the signings of the season, started against Ayr, but picked up a knock. But Whiten getting his two goals and getting his assist. Liam Boyce back in the score sheet as well against Ayr. And a, and a hat-trick for Stephen Naismith. Took him a while, though, didn't it? Because Andy Brown in 1938 at Gayfield, the heart striker, from many, many moons ago, and Gennaro Zifouk against Cowdenbeath both scored hat-tricks in three minutes, but Stephen Naismith a little bit lazy, taking six minutes to score his hat-trick. <laughs> Good on that case. Um, defensive lapses are concern, and the one player who'll be really pissed off at an inability to keep clean sheets is Craig Gordon. Definitely. I think you could see his frustration against Air United. Um, especially at the end when Hearts conceded a very sloppy third goal when the game was pretty much done. It was almost the last kick of the game, really. Needlessly, um, you know, you could say that about all the goals they've conceded over the last couple of games, but that one especially uh, would have been frustrating. I thought Ollie Lee looked positive, especially against Air United. I think he's um, kicked on a little bit this season. I know the the calibre of the, of the opposition were obviously lower than what he was playing regularly in his 
full season he started with at Hearts, but I thought he's looked like he's getting onto the game and playing a little bit more positively and on the front foot and looking forward with a lot of what he does and moving into advanced positions. I thought it was good in the Arbroath game to see Andy Halliday covering left back well. I know he's done it plenty of times before at Rangers, but it, it, it's one of the positions where we don't have a lot of... Um, I would say a lot of natural cover. I don't know if A.D. White has looked overly convincing when he's played at left back. So I think it's good to see that we've got someone who can capably cover there, even though we had an idea he could do it beforehand. Um, I know we've talked about the defence in a negative sense, but I do feel like Christoph Berra is starting to look a little bit more like his older self. He'll never be the same player he was a couple of years ago, but he's gradually looking a bit more mobile, a bit more comfortable, and we had that fantastic moment against their United when he set up Whiten for the goal that kind of got, got Hearts, not back into it, but got them level and it got them back on the front foot. Um, when he decided he would just become a winger and make a brilliant run and, and play the ball back. It's good to see, I think, that, that Ben I, seems I, to be yes. getting his place back in that team. I loved his performance against Air because all he wanted to do, and look, he wants to play football. He knows he's not got that many games left in his career. He's He's getting over the hill. Um, and the the end is nigh for all for all players outfielders that that approach their their kind of mid thirties. So he just wants to play, and he was annoyed that he was stripped of the captaincy. But he he gave a couple of interviews and saying he was frustrated, but he'd keep his head down and, and work hard and see. He just wants to play, and he played at Dundee. Um, I think Robbie getting the job was the best thing for Christoph because Robbie knows he can trust him, and I think at this level that's fine. And to be honest, in the cup final. Um, apart from the, the daft handball, I thought he, was, he, I thought he rewarded Robbie for the the team selection of which we discussed. We, do we do Popescu or do we do Berra? Um, and, and I thought he was great uh, against Air United. He he is what he is now. He'll admit that. We've said that before. But it's just it's, it's the equivalent of playing with a smile on his face, getting, getting forward, being a winger at times because you get the freedom to do that. I mean, Air United played Moffat as a one-up. So there's there's no real need for four defenders. Kingsley and Smith getting forward. Halkett and probably a defensive midfielder, whether it was Irving or, or whatever. So if there's a free man, then then why not? And he looked like he's enjoying himself again. He just needs to run a game. And it's a bit like Ollie Lee. We're speaking about him. We're looking at his stats from, from Gillingham. There's a player there. Is he at Hearts level? What is Hearts level right now? Well, it's championship. So yes, he is. Um previous couple of managers didn't fancy him. That's why he went on loan uh, to, to Gillingham. Um, and he, he just want, all footballers just want, just want to play. And you look at some of the Premier League games over the past three or four days and some managers arresting players or whatever. Leeds named an unchanged lineup. They played twice in the space of a couple of days or two, two games in three days. And, and they, they won five nil in their second game. So, you can go back to, I remember Stevie Nichol telling me when, when, when they won the league, any knocks and niggles, they didn't want anyone to come in and get their place. So they'd play through, I mean, there's times you can't play through stuff, but players just want to play football. And some of the modern day might say, oh, fancy, you know, I want a wee rest. No, just, they want to play. Christoph wants to play. Ollie Lee wants to play. Whatever level it's at. We had two games. We were expected to win both. We did. Could we have been better? Yes. However, we now have and live in a society where people, a lot of them, aren't happy unless they're unhappy and they need something to moan about. And there's plenty to moan. That second half was boring. 
It was rubbish. But you know what? Not having been in that position, whereby, and it reminded me a little bit at a lesser level of 05, 06 in the first few months of that season, where we just steamrolled teams. No, we're not doing that right now, but a scoreline perspective, 3 0 up, you switch off just mentally. Gretna in the cup final, players were tired, but it's Gretna. Yeah, we'll be okay. Psychologically as well. So I know the second half wasn't good enough. Robbie wasn't happy with the second half performance because he believes that it fell below the standard that he'd set. But let's cut them a little bit of slack right now. We're not going to win every game 5-0 at home. We've got six points. We're clear at the top of the table by five points. We've got a game in hand. Come on, boys and girls. Happy Christmas. No, I mean, I think there's a fair point there in terms of not just the fact that it's largely about getting the result and the game was effectively won, but also the fact Hearts have had a, a reasonably busy schedule when you consider the fact that you know, these players didn't play for about half a year. Um, I think obviously they're not going to be at quite the same level that you'd normally expect maybe a team to be at, at that point. Uh, you know, a cup final, game on Boxing Day, there's been a lot, I guess, going on. But I think just looking at that, so looking at the the second half against Arbroath, and spells against Air, I would say before Air scored two. I think Robbie said it himself. It was the Air quick fire double that actually kicked them into gear. It woke them up. And and he and he did say himself that he doesn't want that to be the case. That it takes a kind of a kick up the backside like that to get his team playing with a good tempo, a good purpose, because they won't always be able to then turn the game around like they did against Air United. I guess my concern is not so much the fact that it was a dull second half against Arbroath. I mean, it made it brutal to watch and brutal to commentate on. But it's the fact that when we have lost games a season, we'll take the Celtic one out of it, but if you look at the Dunfermline and the Alloa games, a lot of the problems in that felt like what that second half against Arbroath did. The only difference was that we didn't have a lead in those games, but it was that time where we, we really struggled to inject mm-hmm. any tempo yes. and energy in the game. We, we we kind of ran out of ideas and it turned into that side-to-side football. Very frustrating and we became very easy to defend against. Our both were, I thought, strangely content to sit in after they got a goal back. I, I, I could almost understand it 3-0 doing that, but it was almost like they pushed out at the start of the second half. They got a goal, but they gradually got deeper and deeper and they never seemed to step out even with 10-15 minutes to go when you were kind of almost in the territory of well, why not throw things forward? And if we get a second goal, suddenly you never know what might happen. I, I thought that was a bit strange. They seemed happy to keep the scoreline at 3-1. It's maybe the fact that you know they were heading to the bottom of the table and they don't want to dent their confidence too much with an absolute hammering. But that's my only concern is if that's well, limitations, sort of, yeah. Laurie, isn't it? It's, it's, it's limitations. And I think it's important to play devil's advocate here because you made a good point and it was on the back of, of what I said about results. Getting results is the most important thing. But this is the championship. This is the championship in which Hearts are overwhelming favourites. They've got a wage bill that dwarfs anybody else in the league. It's not just all about getting results. There has to be some panache. There has to be some style. There has to be some flair. There has to be some enjoyment. Now, I think Hearts, like a number of teams that are expected to do well in their respective leagues, are suffering from a lack of crowd. You want to you want to do it with with a little bit of, of flair, but when you don't have a crowd, it's affected Hearts this season because you and Jimmy were talking about booing at the end in jest. You know what? Sometimes one or two boos that gives you a kick up the arse. It's like come on, someone like Berra 
or Craig Gordon or whatever, they hear the booze from the crowd. They don't want to hear that. So they'll, they'll react to that. They're like, come on, listen to them. Come on. They're right. This isn't good enough. Let's, let's get up. There is no reaction that, that you're getting from that. So I've got no issue with booze at a game. And, and that second half, I mean, it would have sent us to the booze. Because it was. It's not it even like necessarily a boo. It's more that you can hear the the frustration and the kind of yeah, come on, let's up this guys, let's get it. F- but you know, the frustration, know, know. It, yeah, yeah. Laurie, it's it's so it's it's so frustrating in that you know you're better than them. You're three nil slash three one up. You know you're going to win, and it's. I mean, it's an individual thing. It's a pride thing. You want to keep going. It's a five one up in a cup final against Hibs. Some of them would have been, come on, let's make it 10. You lucky bastards, it should have been 10. That kind of thing. Others would be just like, caution. Yeah. A cautionary tale. So it's 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 a natural, it's, it's human nature. You're 3-1 up, you know you're getting the points. You're 5-2 up against air. You've switched off, you've had to kick up the arse. It's, it's tough. And without crowds, I miss them so much at, at Tynecastle And all the games that I watch, and I saw today and the, the the areas of England that had up to 2,000 in it, like Liverpool, for example, that's going back to Tier 3, so there'll be no crowd for Liverpool Man United in January. It is what we have right now. And Hearts will win this league. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, and then next season, hopefully fans are, are back in attendance. And then we can, if Hearts aren't performing, the fans can let them know. And I think the fans have a right to... I say demand, that's maybe the wrong word, um, want. Let's keep it there. But the fans have a right to want to be entertained. It's an entertainment business. Remember that quote from Bobby Williamson many years ago about if you want entertainment, go to the cinema. I mean, goodness, well, he was Hibbs manager at the time, I suppose. Um, but you want entertained. Hearts entertained for a spell last night. But we do, we're not footballers, so we, we don't know what's... What's left in the legs? It's been a busy spell. We don't know how these these players have gone through something mentally and psychologically in a cup final. We've just asked them to to bounce back from that. We've not been in that position. We don't know how easy or hard that is. Different people react differently. We got the job done. There'll be those that say, fine, I'm happy with that. There'll be others that say, well, we should have had more goals. That's fine. There is no right or wrong answer to this. Certainly. And from a... An individual perspective, um, player-wise, <laughs> there was a point in the game against our broth where I, I, was trying, I was trying to be as diplomatic as possible when referring to this player, but we talked about Elliot Freer and Jordan Roberts starting against Air. They obviously didn't start against our broth. Elliot Freer came on. <laughs> I don't know how many chances they'll get. They'll obviously get more game time in this division. We do have Jordan Roberts contracted beyond this season. We only have Elliot Freer till the end of the campaign. They just are not taking the opportunities when they get given them, are they? They, they just seem to be failing to to impress time and time again. I, and I, I think it's almost... We've signed players that will hopefully be able to at least help us in the championship, but I guess I'm quite concerned at how little they're impacting games at even this level. If Elliot Freer is the answer, what's the question? Um, because he's, he's, he's struggled. He's struggled. If I mean, you say, well, is he a confidence player? Well, he's had enough opportunities to get confidence. And, and I, I, there's very little that I've seen. I think he, did he score or set up one? He, he scored um, against Queen of the South. Yeah, but, I mean, and it, was, it, was, it was a comeback. Was Liam it? Boyce it was, it was created it. Yeah, it was. Yeah. This, is, this is a difficult one because when 
Well, I say it's difficult. I'm, I'm talking from a Robbie Nielsen perspective. It's difficult because he's decided in, uh, that this is the guy he wants to sign. Um, he's managed to get him. And he's been severely overshadowed by Josh Ginelli, who's been out injured for a while as well. Um, Ewan Murray thinks we should give Jordan Roberts a bit more time because he's being from up there. He saw a little bit more of him at Inverness than, than any of us has. Uh, but again, you better hurry up and get your finger out, son, because this is a level you should be better than than the opposition fullback that you're up against. But for Elliot Freer, so Robbie's kind of got to decide perseverance for how long. And this is this is one of these whereby it's maybe in Elliot Freer's best interest there are no fans. Because can you imagine what time we're we're every fan is impatient, but hearts are up there. I'm, I was part of that for many many years as a supporter, and I know what it's like. Um, having been in Among Hearts fans and listened to Hearts fans, there's a patience level that once you once you kind of go by that, it's tough. It's tough to get someone to change their mind. Imagine what Tancastle would be like now if you were Elliot Freer and you weren't performing and it was a full house. That'd be tough. It certainly would. I, I understand what Ewan's saying. I would suggest that of the two, there's maybe been slightly more from Roberts. I wouldn't say much more. But, um, no, there hasn't. Uh, but both of them have, have certainly struggled. I, I guess one player who hasn't struggled on the whole this season, but certainly has looked a little bit off his game the last couple, was Andy Irving, I thought, as well. Um, but I think you know he is still quite young, and he, he has been a good performer this season. I, think, I don't know if that's just one of these that you just write off his performances. Um, even his passing was a bit off, and the, <laughs> I mean... The goal that Arbroath scored, you can kind of laugh about it because it is just a consolation goal. But, I mean, that was Sunday League stuff, really, wasn't it? We all make mistakes. He played one pass, which I thought, ooh. Uh, and it was a diagonal, and I thought he's going to he's going to play it to the player. It was a diagonal from right to left, and he played it in front of the player. Um, I can't remember who, who it was to last night. But it was a brilliant pass. You know what it's like, and that would have been when Hearts were shooting to the Gorgie Road end, so that would have been the second half. I think it was Danny Halliday, I think I remember. But yeah, that, yeah. that would make sense with Halliday getting forward. Um, and you know what it's, it's like, there's other things going on, your team's 3-1 up. I mean, I think my and other supporters' concentration levels were probably pretty similar to Hearts players last night, knowing that, I mean, there's a bit of complacency or whatever, but that was something I saw. and I, it was wait, Mistakes happen, and the good thing about, if there is such a good thing, if such a thing is a good thing, about making mistakes at this level is you're not going to get punished as often as you would at a higher level. However, that doesn't mean to say that mistakes are acceptable. They're, they're not. If that was something that he makes quite a lot, I'd be concerned. I've seen him make one mistake. He's, he's maybe not been at his best. He's a young kid. He's got so much potential. Yeah. I'm all right with that. No, no. And I think the good thing is even when he is maybe struggling and he's not been at his best in the air in our growth matches, he doesn't shy away. He does always want the ball. He does always want to play those passes. And it's always going to be a risk you'll take with a player who tries to play defence splitting passes and looks for those balls. You're not going to get them right all the time. I think that's a good thing for someone his age. He does always want to show for the ball once at, at his feet and then wants to play these passes. He doesn't seem the type who will just try and shy away and play a short pass and then hide and, and just try and keep his head down, I think, which is always good. Which I like him. Yeah. And I've I think got, I've got I, him signed up on a new deal as well. Oh, definitely, yeah, 100%. And, and I think it's a good point you make there about the championship. I think it really helped 
the Pattersons, Walker, Nicholson, these types of players, 100%. that season where they were allowed to give that bit of freedom. Mm-hmm. They played teams where, let's be honest, they played teams where they could just have some fun and batter in yep. some goals. And that helped them grow in confidence. And you're right, when they made errors, they weren't punished as much. So I think that really helped them develop. And when we hit the Premiership after that promotion... You know, we hit the ground running. We won the opening five games, and and we finished third that season. So hopefully, and you see, a, you see a lot, Laurie, don't you? The teams that come up in a lot of leagues. I mean, the, one of the biggest examples of that, Livingston, when they first came into the Premier mm-hmm. League, yeah. and and, they, and even I, the division I, below that as well, when they went there. Well, it, it, exactly. Did they not beat us four out of four? Certainly beat us three out of four. I think they may have beat us four out of four. But it's just, it's it takes teams. Are you, thinking, work are you talking two thousand and one now? You know. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you meant um, present day living, but yeah, they beat no, us four. No, no, no. They beat us four yeah, out of four, two thousand and one, yeah. two thousand and two. Yeah, with those. But look at Leeds um, in the top flight. If you come up and you keep the, it's not like in Italy where a lot of the teams that come up in Italy um, just dismantle their team. They go and sign loanies. They get more experienced players, and it's no surprise that the team that came up last year were were fifth, having won more than they'd lost. This is the season before Hellas Verona. Um, and they did better than the two teams that finished above them because they were the ones that kept most of their squad. If you've got that, uh, how many times do we talk about momentum? If you've yeah. got that momentum and that confidence, and, and if you're winning mo- most most weeks more often than not, you should be in that predicament. So, I mean, obviously, the two wins out of two after Christmas, final games of the year for Hearts. And, I mean, it ends... 2020, not in the way we would have wanted to end at the start of the year, but in terms of from the start of this season, we're now five points clear. We have a game in hand, eight wins from nine in the league, averaging more than three goals per game. I know one here we spoke about could we go undefeated, and I thought we could. I know we, I know it's obviously out the window now, but I think if you'd given most fans that position going into the start of 2021, you know, at the start of this season, of course, you're going to bite your hand off for that really aren't you you know if you keep winning and win your game in hand you'll be eight points clear i mean that's exactly what you want it is but do you know the good thing is there's plenty to work on Mm -hmm. there's plenty of things we could do better and knowing robbie as we do knowing how much he just wants to win um and ideally win in style but but compete i want to get him on over the next few weeks He's, he's promised to come back on and we will get him on um, I want to ask him what report card he'd give so far. Because if I'm guessing <laughs> his answer right now, it wouldn't be any more than a B. Just going to think what. Robbie, um, and can you just tell us what grade you've given Elliot Freer, please? <laughs> <laughs> you can have that question. Sheesh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's not going to be any more than a B. What, for Elliot Freer? No, it's hard. I'm having nothing to do with that. <laughs> Wait for parents' so, evening, Robbie, when you speak about <laughs> Elliot. I, I, honestly, um, I'm, 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 while, while we chat, I like to kind of go on soccer way and other things just to make sure I've got various. I was looking at Elliot Freer's kind of career. Um, and Forest Green Rovers, Salisbury City, National League, a spell at League One, Exeter. Uh, we signed him from a League Two side where he started seven games for his Green Rovers, where he went after Motherwell. A thirty-year-old. Hmm. Well, look, if you got every every signing perfect, 
It just it doesn't happen. It, it it doesn't happen. Maybe he's all it takes is a smart agent to put together a DVD of of best bits, and you think whoa, and you go and watch them. I haven't seen the DVD or whatever. Oh, there's no DVDs anymore, but you know what I mean. And you go and watch them, and that time you watch them, he's lights out, and you think that's it. I'm, I'm making a move. That, that's must do better. If we if we had a if, never mind Robbie Nielsen's report card. If we had a report card, so. Laurie Dunsar and me are teachers, okay? Um, mu- must do better for, for Freer. Um, overall report card, I'd give them a B. What would you give them? Yeah, yeah a B, B plus, I, I think. No, I wouldn't the, go B plus. The, I think, Aloha, um, Aloha took the plus away. The Aloha didn't yeah, if the we league. talk all competitions, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that was annoying. And, uh, I mean... When you see West Brom go to Liverpool and get a draw and then get thumped at home to Leeds and Liverpool are like, how the hell did we not beat them? That's what Hearts were like. I guess that. How did we not beat them? So there's plenty that's happened and that's why they're not getting any more than a B from me. Mm-hmm. Because no, that's I would a fair think, point. I think there should be five points clear at least of the teams around them. Because you saw last night, Wraith losing at home to Morton or whoever it was. Queen of the South. These, Queen of the South, same thing. What are those teams? Um, yeah, well, these these teams will take points off each other. We should be marching onwards. I think I think we're as expected. I think twenty four points from from nine games. I would have signed up for that. Yeah, I mean, the were they were they were the Celtic of this division when Rangers weren't in the top flight? You know, credit where credit where it's due in certain areas. But let's be honest, we have resources well beyond. It's not the same level ahead that Celtic were ahead of Aberdeen when they were the next best team, but um, but we have far greater resources than the sides around us. It's not like last time when there was Rangers in there, there was Hibs in there. We should be in the position we're in. But I think you've got to say we, we've we've been efficient and we've been scoring a lot of goals, which is which is always good to see. Yeah, the the other thing I wanted to point out, and I've got this page open because I wanted to mention it, and and 2014-15, last time we were in the championship, I you were at pretty much all of the games. Uh, I watched the games that were broadcast. I think there were some that, that weren't broadcast, but I, I, for specifics, I remember the big ones against Hibs and and Rangers in the cup games. You went to one of the games as well. Uh, did I? You did. What game did I go to? Heart of Midlothian one, Hibernian one. Uh, maybe second of January 2015. It was definitely oh, the start of 2015. It? First game, one one. Third, third of January. Third. 12:45 kickoff. Yes, Jamie you were. Walker equalising after Jamie, Jason Cummings. Did I spout some shite on the airwaves as well? Yes, or not? you you were you were on Hearts TV with myself and James. I? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, honestly, I had to say before we, we came on, who who did we beat at the weekend again? <laughs> That's old age and or excess alcohol over Christmas. It's all, these, it it's all these lower league Diddy teams. You can't remember. They all, <laughs> they all blend into one, eh? So, so I'm thinking to myself, right, because we won comfortably last night. There must have been games in that season where we've gone off or in the first half we've, we've started like a, a house on fire. And then it's just not gone to shit, but it's just like, pff, we've won. You, who we cares? drew a Dumbarton like, very early on as well. Well, so the Dumbarton game, I, I remember being, because after the Hibs game, I went with mum and dad to Dumbarton, and that was Zafouk scoring two. I think he missed a penalty in that game. Uh, that was the 5-1. We beat them yeah. 5-1 at home, but the, the nil-nil at Dumbarton, that's right. So that was the start of that season. But there must have been games whereby... 
I mean, I've got all the results in front of me. We were cruising and, and I mean, for example, right, 3-0 up against Falkirk on the 30th of August. Um, we ended up winning at 4-1, but there was nothing until the 78th when Osman So got a penalty. What were we like in the second half of that? There must have been lulls in a lot of these games. But that's the point I'm trying to make is who remember, if I can't remember it now, who remembers these games where there was a lull in it? Who will remember Air United and our growth at home yeah. after we've won the championship and we're back in the Premier League? But you know what? Right now, we've got an hour to try and fill in a podcast. Of course, we're going to dissect it. But I think it's important to say that there's two sides to the story. There'll be those that are happy with the position that we're in. There'll be others that are fine with the position that we're in, but want better to come for the second half of the season. And I think Robbie Nielsen would be in that second category. He'll want better for the, the, the next half of, of the next half, for the second part of the season. Right, so 2020 is almost over. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, I was going to say thank. Thank and then bleep word, most yeah, people will say when I, when I say that. But I thought it'd be interesting to have a, a quick look back at... Um, how the year has been and not from quick we're making like 10 seconds and just move on well there's a big six month bit in the middle where i'm not gonna kind of go over all that again because we were podcasting once a week and we we went into lots of detail and lots of things but it's sometimes not necessarily fun but interesting to look back so um this is just almost a year ago exactly uh as we're recording this so 29th of december 2019 hearts had won their first point under daniel stendel that was a 1-1 draw with Aberdeen, despite a red card for Sean Clare. They had been leading thanks to a Riotaro Meshino goal. But right. Hamilton came from behind to record a shock win at Fair Park. That meant going into 2020, Hart and Midlothian were five points adrift at the Oof. bottom of the table. Albeit that was the top flight, rather than being five points uh, ahead in the just, second just, tier. To see if there's a, a, a kind of similarity when we did our first episode of this podcast back in 2018 i think it was were we not five points clear at the top of the league we were clear at the top um it was more than it was more than a win it was yeah more it was more than a win. It, it was after i think we did our first one was it possible it was after we long, by rangers maybe around that time we, we were previewing the rangers game okay. at ibrox and then i think that was around the time of the celtic game at motherwell Goodness me. So never mind just 2020. So since then, we were five points or some points clear at the top yeah. with episode one. Come the end of, of last year, we're five points adrift at the foot of the table. But it started, but, but the year started well um, from a Hearts perspective, 2020. And we're now five points clear at the top of the championship. Yeah. Seamless. Five. Seamless. <laughs> well, Hearts started with a 5 0 no win over Airdrie in the so Scottish five, Cup. Five, five, yeah. five. Moore and Henderson started that game. Cleared it right back. Irving in the middle. Had two strikers, Washington and Naismith. You and Henderson. Why is he not playing ahead of Elliot Freer? I'm interrupting you intentionally, and I'm sorry for that, but things just keep... No, no, that's no, it's a, it's a decent point. Lots of people have made the point. What, why are Moore and Henderson not getting a shot? And I'm not convinced that Moore and Henderson will um, be long-term Hearts players, but I think there's a fair argument to say that they've yeah, shown more fair. in the games they've played than Freer and Roberts have. How, how do you know what level they're at if they're not going to get the opportunity? If yeah, they're sitting there thinking he's better than me, God, what's that doing for them? No, and, and to be fair to, to Lewis Moore especially, when Hearts did hit a little bit of form under Daniel Stendhal, he was one of the players who was 
very effective, I thought, in wins against Hibs and Rangers. Uh, after Airdrie, a nil-nil draw on Dingwall. And, that, and then there was a game that felt like a turning point. I'll, I'll, I'll quickly play it back now. This was at home to Rangers on the 26th of January this year. Kent to the overlapping Barisic. Early ball low into the box. Finds Aribo. Back to Kent. Into the back of the net. And just like that, Hearts carved open. Aribo with a nice touchback. And it's Ryan Kent with his third goal against the Jambos. His sixth of the season. And two minutes into the second half, it's first blood Rangers in front of the Rangers fans in the Roseburn end. Kamara parried by Halkett. And Halkett wins it. It'll fall for Boyce in the box. Sloppy from Kamara. Boyce. Back to Naismith. What's going 1-1. Stephen Naismith against his former side. And Hearts are right back in it. The captain steps up against his former employers and curls it into the left side of the goal. It was really sloppy by Glenn Kamara. He lost that to Halkett. Liam Boyce onto it. Cut back to Naismith. I think there's a slip by a Rangers defender. And Naismith, about eight or nine yards out, right-footed, curls it past the helpless Alan McGregor. And that's a big one from the skipper. Fourth of the season. Hard to below the one. Rangers one. Naismith with the leveller. Boyce on the right-hand side. Oh, it's a lovely ball to the left of Bozanic. Edge of the area. Bozanic. Looks for space, clips it in, not a bad ball, sliced away by Davis. Comes to Boyce, chance to shoot, back on his left foot, left foot shot, and Boyce! Oh, what a fight the team from Boyce! He scored! And it's 2 1 odds! Leon Boyce! First goal for Hearts, first game for Hearts! It wasn't the cleanest strike, but it finds its way to the bottom right corner! Oh, he said Gorgie rules on his Twitter when he signed yesterday. And oh my, Gorgie ruling at this moment here at Tynecastle. Bedlam in three stands. Liam Boyce off the mark for Hearts. Hart and Lothian two. Rangers one. So a 2 1 win. That was despite going behind to a Kent opener. And that was against an informed Rangers team who obviously playing very well. Not quite as well as they are now in the present day. Um, Liam Boyce made his debut, set up Stephen Naismith and scored a winner himself. Uh, <laughs> Toby Simic, remember him? He started. He's just been released, is he not? Or is he not available for uh, loan? He again? is. He is, I believe. Um, Henderson, Irving, Moore, all in the team again too. It, it did feel like at that point the Daniel Stendel era had really begun. Um, it, <laughs> yeah. And then we our unbeaten run stretched to five games after yes. an, an equaliser from. Yeah, Sean Clare at St Johnston. You're thinking, you know what? Here, <laughs> momentum, and then Kelly came to Tynecastle. Yeah, I mean, even the second half against St Johnston, it, you know, we were all very excited for the Stendhal ball, the um, the way we were going to press and play a highlighter and and, a, and attack teams, and it was good to watch at times. But there was the second half against St Johnston. It right. was we were we played the high line and we were so exposed. It was basically just. Fire the ball up the field, and you will be through one and one against the Hearts keeper. It was it was crazy, and it, yes. it carried into the Kilmarnock game. And I think it was one of those where it was like it's too much too soon. You know, this team who had been playing so poorly for so long and had been so 
you know, pragmatic at times and and very rigid under Craig Levine. Suddenly being asked to to press at the uh, try and press, you know, like like their like, like their Liverpool on form with the players that they had. It, it it was just crazy how easy it was to to get through us at times. And obviously, like you said, Kilmarnock beat us. Was, we were three 0 down in that game. Yeah, I mean, it was there was just. Basically, just fire the ball over the top and you'll be through on goal constantly. And when you've got Joao Pereira and goals, that usually means that the team are going to score. Uh, we lost 5-0 at Celtic. There was a dis- we're only at February. Jesus I know, man. a disappointing draw with Ackies. But then it was another win against Rangers in the Scottish yeah. Cup. <laughs> Honestly, the best thing that could happen to Rangers this season was Hearts being in the Championship. Seriously, because they don't become a Gorgie. Yeah, playing our part our in record, 55. Yeah, our, <laughs> <laughs> our record's shite at Ibrox, but recently against Rangers, oh, that's the last thing they want. I remember prior to the Scottish Cup draw, and my boys, my pals that are Rangers fans, anywhere but Tynecastle, we take Celtic at home, we just don't want to go to Tynecastle. It does seem crazy that we managed to get a couple of wins against them under Stendhal. We won 3-1 at Easter Road, and I have to, you know, that game at Easter Road, was that Hickey's deflected game? No, no, no. This is no, a three-one game. Oh, this the, this the is March game. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So this is almost at the end of um, normal football. You know, at the end of that game, that even though we were still bottom, which was annoying that Hamilton had suddenly found form in the way they always seem to manage to do, I had no, I had no worries about relegation. I was, I was even. I think we had a chat, and I was, we maybe said it on the podcast. I was thinking, I don't even want a, even second bottom. I wouldn't take right now. I remember you said that. There's certain things happen at certain parts of the season, and you think you don't even have to wait until the end of the season. You just kind of know that we're in trouble, or or that's it. It's it's gone, or whatever. I remember being two 0 up against Hibs, and they came back. That was the was that old. Uh, no, that was ninety seven, ninety eight. Aye, Steve Fool um, a double, and we were yeah, looked like we'd run yeah. riot, and then yeah. Yep, there was that. Then the the Takis Fisas red card game when we were ahead against Celtic, we ended up losing that. The Hamilton game prior to the the win at Easter Road and the cup win over Rangers, the Hamilton game. I, I remember thinking, not we're guaranteed three points. I couldn't see any way how we wouldn't win that game <laughs> within five minutes. You're like. Okay, well, it's just a blip. We're only a goal down. And then within 16 minutes, we can still do this. And then at 2 0 at half time, I, I still thought we could turn that around. Yeah, well, they, now, they, that, they had a man They had a guy off, sent yeah. off, wasn't it, for a handball? That was the kid, yeah. Hamilton, who I think he had like three or four sendings off in, he did, yeah. in the space of, of a few weeks. And then when Jamie got us back in it just after half time, I was pretty confident we would yeah, win that. Yeah, you could only see a win at that point, couldn't you? No, exactly. But that was the game after it. When the final whistle went, and that was that was the Hibs at home, the Celtic at home, the game you thought that that that's gonna that could really hurt us. But at that stage, we're mid-February, right? And there was a couple of murmurs. I remember my commentary colleague, I do Serie A with, um, was really concerned about this so-called virus. And I was like, what, what virus? And he, He'd spoken about how in northern Italy, uh, Reggio Emilia and, and that area, um, not far from Milan, um, COVID is, is really hitting hard in Bergamo and other areas, and they were concerned that they might not even be able to finish the, the season. I'm like, I hope, hope everything's okay. But you never even thought at that stage that it could affect Scotland, it could affect the United States. So you, you're not, in no way thinking we've got to get points on the board. Even at the St Mirren game, 
you're not thinking we have to win this because no. the season might be curtailed. You're thinking it might be postponed for two or three weeks. But that Hamilton game was the one that, that was a downer. That was a huge downer. I mean, you mentioned the St Mirren game. That's the 15th of March. So St Mirren away. Um, COVID had reached the UK. Fans were warned before the game that anyone with cold or flu symptoms would be turned away. And I remember, I think I, I tweeted something similar at the time, something at the time basically saying, how are they going to police that? It was a freezing cold evening. Like you're saying, <laughs> anyone, with, anyone with the sniffles as they come in, you're going to, it's like, it's not going to work. Um, but even at that point, like you, I was like, oh, are we going to have to end up with some games behind closed doors? I think that was my only thought was, oh, are we going to have to end up playing the semi-final in an empty Hamden or with a part-filled Hamden? The idea of the season not finishing was, yeah, it still didn't even cross my mind. I just thought we're going to have to adjust things and it might mean that stadiums aren't full or, or you know, God forbid, are empty. But yeah, we that game, Laurie, sorry to interrupt. We did a game, an Italian game in March. I think it was inter Juve, and it was behind closed doors. And that's pretty much... Yeah, I watched that uh, one, I remember. Yeah, that's pretty much when you kind of thought, well, it's, well, end of the season, just fans might not get there for a few weeks or, or for the rest of the season. Because obviously Italy was the hardest hit at that stage because they kind of, they were one of the first countries after yeah. China to to get it. But um, they they played a they played a round of there was a couple of games I remember there was a, a Parma game where the teams were in the tunnel and and they still hadn't decided if the game was to go ahead. Uh-huh, it was eventually yeah. delayed by an hour. That hadn't reached Scotland to that extent at that time. So at that stage we're still thinking. I mean, you're talking about <laughs> stewards. Have you got a cold? No, no. Sniff, sniff, sniff. No, no. I'm fine. I just that's the way I am. Um, but the St. Mirren game, I. I always think back to that game, and, and one of the things I think about is if we had known, if that was a winner-takes-all game, um, and we knew we would stay up if we won it, rather than the, what it was in the, well, the season may continue, it probably will continue, but I'm not convinced we would have won it. If we knew it was a winner-takes-all, I don't think those players had the collective heart and the strength. I thought they were weak. And if you'd said to them, you win this game, you stay up. Season's over after this game. You've got 90 minutes left of your season. You win it, you stay up. You don't win it, you go down. I wouldn't have been confident on us winning that game. Do you know that? No. Um, and yeah, yeah, we were very poor that night, which was oh. very frustrating. I mean, St. Mirren weren't great, but they... they Looked to be a handball in the build-up to their goal, but I mean, Hearts were poor. There was there was no way around it. Um, and and we'd looked good at Easter Road, and that was I know. Only and then against Motherwell, yeah, Motherwell, we we weren't bad, but we weren't as good as you would have hoped to be. I think I still felt after we levelled against Motherwell that you thought you'd go on and win it. We'd go on and win it, and um, we weren't quite at the same level I thought we, we had been in other games where we'd been positive at Tynecastle, understandable against. Rangers, um, but we were just poor in that game in Paisley, and it's like the last time that's the that's the last time Hearts would see that's the last time Hearts saw their team in 2020, um, and they lost, and it kept them bottom, and it was effectively in the end, in some ways, a playoff because if Hearts had won, it would have all been different. And I mean, we're looking back at 2020, and I don't want to, you know, spend much time touching on what happened after that for many months, but. I suppose it's what it's it's from a Scottish football sense. It's what twenty twenty is going to be remembered for as the farce that I guess preceded 
the end of the campaign. Um, and I think it'll be a long time before the the wounds of this and the the beef between clubs is has um, dissipated. And it might never it might never really go back to. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like football clubs in Scotland all love one another and are all best pals. But there's a definite increase in huge animosity between certain clubs now, and I, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. The 2-0 victory over Partick Thistle on the 26th of September in the M8 Appreciation <laughs> Friendship Society Trophy. M8 Alliance. <laughs> the M8 Alliance. That's when it kind of kicked back. I think it's like anything. I think it's cyclical. There'll come a time where it'll be not so much a different generation, but it'll be different people in charge. and It'll always be spoken about. It'll be one of those things that, due to the the magnitude of everything that happened and the general fuck-up that that was that whole thing. Um, but we live in a, a blame culture as well. Hearts should be blamed for being shit last season and when, when things were ripped up and that was it, we're taking these positions as final, Hearts got themselves into that position. Um, subsequently, though, it's it's totally unfair. I mean, at least we didn't have a game in hand where if we'd won it, we could have stayed up like Partick in the championship. It doesn't make it any better, but the way it was handled was, was horrific and we're not going to go over old ground. It's like anything. You do something wrong, you're on front page. It's then fish and chip paper the next day and slowly it abates and it's still there, but it, it's something else that's, that's taken over. And given Scottish football's history, I love Scottish football. I always will. It's, it's what I grew up with. It might not be the best thing in the world, but I still love it. It's, it's like your tatty old teddy that you just can't give up. You'll always, you'll always love it. It's sitting there eyeing you up, stinking in the corner, but it's always, it's always good for something. Um, and just this year in, in, in general, we, we, we've moved on. We have not forgiven, and we have certainly not forgotten but we've had to move on. We we took our shot in uh, litigiously. That didn't work out. But Scottish football's got itself into this mess. It's got itself into this mess by allowing certain people too much power. That power will soon dissipate. Um, it's got itself into a situation where a chief executive, or whatever his title is, is earning between three hundred and three hundred and fifty thousand pounds, and he's he's overseeing a league that he doesn't have a sponsor for. He's like, well, I can't get a sponsor now in these times. No, we're not asking you to get a sponsor now. We were asking you before the pandemic to get a sponsor for the league, and you were unable to do so. But then you say, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just the mouthpiece for the supporters. But he's allowed to be. It's the, the rules, the regs, the situations um, that have been allowed to be built up over the years. The 11-1 voting rights. Scottish football is a mess. And if you were to redo Scottish football and the laws and the rules and all the constitutions of the governing body right now, do it from scratch, most of these things, apart from the obvious ones, the 11-1 votes, they wouldn't get anywhere near being allowed. Because what is this? Is this a, a democracy? Is it a meritocracy? Or is it someone that just can't make changes because of the way that the rules and the regs are? It's, it is the way it is. There's no sign right now that it's going to change anytime soon. And we're kind of stuck with it. 
Because if we want to change it, we need to give, give everybody something. Scottish football had an opportunity, the clubs, to make a change in the summer. As far as rules and regs are concerned, it's broken. Apart from that, I love it. Well, after almost seven months um, from the loss to St Mirren, Hearts played their next competitive game, which was against Inverness in the Betfred Cup. Only three players from the starting 11 in Paisley started against Inverness. That was Michael Smith, Craig Halkett and Stephen Naismith. And there was a total of eight new signings in the matchday squad overall. And of course, there was a new manager in the dugout as well. Hearts have played a number of competitive matches since returning. 16 in total. Uh, winning 13 and losing 3. And they've only lost 1 in 90 minutes. Um, in terms of 2020 from some of you, we got some tweets about it. Chris Canning said, The first half of 2020 was anger towards the squad, Levine, Stendhal and Budge on how we ended up where we ended up. Then the screw um, the screw job came, uh, Robbie's arrival with that, and um, and had an FU attitude towards anyone other than Partick and Stranraer. I fully back Robbie and have done so first time around as well. This time next year, I fully expect us to be back in the top five mix. The league above, um, out of the top four, is beyond awful. A great chance for Hearts to quickly get themselves back in the mix. And that could be a good um, That's maybe an interesting point. bit of homework, actually, just from what Chris Canning mentioned there about you know what's our... What are your aims for, for 2021 from a Hearts perspective and a football perspective? That would be quite a good one to put out there ahead of, of next week. Yeah, ju- just with Chris talking about um, the, the, the kind of standard in the top flight. Um, so I, yes, I, I love Scottish football. And yes, I watched Rangers this morning and I watched some of the Celtic game and I watched the first half of the Hibs game just because I want to do that. But the standard in the Hibs game was awful. They lost 2-0 against Ross County. And you look at the table there and you, you kind of see you see two teams, then you see another two teams, and then you see the rest. Because, well, if you're being really harsh, you see one team, then you see another team, and then you see Aberdeen and Hibs, and then you see the rest. Hibs were woeful against Ross County. So Hearts, at, and this is, this is where we can get into a position, Laurie, whereby, oh, Hearts, at the, Hearts need to prove that they're better than what they are. Right now, there's no point in like last season. Harsh. Yeah, I mean, last season we beat Rangers a couple of times. We beat exactly. We beat Hibs Easter Road a couple of times. But 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 Chris Chris is right with the standard. I mean, Hamilton, Ross County, Motherwell, St Johnston, right? The bottom four separated by three points. Then Kilmarnock and St Mirren and Livy. Livy have been on a decent run of late. Again, Dundee United on 25 points, right? Then there's a an 11 point gap to Hibs. We played a couple of games more than Aberdeen. We're a couple of points ahead. Then you've got Celtic, who've got three games in hand on Rangers, but even if they win them, they still find themselves seven points behind. Rangers have been the only consistent side in that division. They've only drawn two, and they've won every other game that they've played. Lost twice to Hearts their... in 2020 as well. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I, I watched their game um, at the weekend against Hibernian, and I've watched a few of their other games. I'm doing Celtic Rangers commentary this weekend, so I've been paying attention to more often than, uh, sorry, more intense than, than normal on how they're playing. Um, Rangers have got something this year that they didn't have last year when they were chasing it. Remember, they went to Celtic just before the new year, before they went to Dubai, and God knows what happened in Dubai, because uh, Celtic went there as well and came back flying. Rangers were atrocious. But after they beat Celtic just before the new year, the bookies pretty much had them as 
as even money for the title with Celtic, just a shade of odds on. And then it, it went horribly wrong. That game against Hibs that Rangers played, that was a game they wouldn't have won previously. And, and previous games, the, the game against, what was it? Was it Motherwell, where they went a goal down? Motherwell played a 6-4-0. They got their goal on the counter and then sat back. Rangers wouldn't have broken down Motherwell or had the, the gumption or, or the nous or psychological ability to do that. But they found something different. They're miles ahead right now of anybody in that league uh, after Celtic. Miles ahead. But that's not what Hearts are looking at if they're in that division. Right now, Hearts, with the players that they have, I think you'd be... Consistency would be the, the thing. Um, where should they be? Where would they be? I don't know. They'd probably be mid-table, pushing just probably above Dundee United, perhaps. Um, maybe below Hibs. I don't know. Because we've seen Hibs play well this season. We've seen them throw a couple of horrible ones in. But all we can do is, we're on the outside looking in. We are Celtic, and the top flight is the Premier League right now in England. We're not there. We want to be there, but we're not. There's nothing we can do about it right now, apart from get there for next season. The difference between that and the Premier League and Celtic and Rangers is that next season, Celtic and Rangers ain't getting into the Premier League, whereas hopefully we will be. Will Stevenson says, as bad a year as it's been, the two wins against Rangers at Tynecastle and the Hibs away game still shine for me. The fan atmosphere was something else. Uh, Kieran McLaughlin says, the incredibly bittersweet semi-final win over Hibs. Uh, these are the overriding memories people have. Um, the victory itself will always be a great memory, but I'll always, it'll always go hand in hand with the news breaking for most of us at halftime that Big Zal had passed away. And that's obviously a... A good one to, to mention as well, the fact that we lost um, cup-winning final captain in Zalukas far too young. Uh, Sjenk77 just says, it had to be this for me in terms of his overriding memory of 2020. And he just sent a screenshot of the bet that we talked about last time, which was the uh, 2,700 to 1 cup final bet he put on, which was Andy Halliday to be booked. He got booked. Naismith to be booked. He got booked. Stephen Kingsley to score any time in the match. He did score any time in the match. And Hearts to win on penalty kicks. If you tuned in last time, you remember we mentioned that S. Jenks 77's bet of £5 to return 13505 was just waiting for Hearts to see out those penalty kicks after being 3-2 ahead. Um, sore one. And I can understand that that will be something he won't be forgetting anytime soon. James Winter says getting ejected from the league by means of a corruptly coordinated and ill-managed voting process is probably the overriding memory of the last year, to be honest. And from a football perspective, it's hard to argue with that one from James. Um, Wallach, Wallachy says, despite all our woes and tribulations, still finding ways to beat Hibs and make it look easy on at least one occasion is his overriding memory. Um, he also adds the shameless treatment of the club by the SPFL, aided by other clubs, but driven by the Celtic board so it could claim a ninth title is another one that will uh, stay long in the memory. And DS, finally, he adds a broken heart, as we all remember. Cup final was a hundred times worse than being punted to the championship. And in some ways it was. It, did, it felt that. And it's weird that we'll think about, oh, yeah. We almost won a cup in 2020 after everything that happened. We were very close to doing it. And that would have been a bizarre way to end it. Yeah, you can get out of the championship, but 
after you've lost a cup, you're not you're not winning that cup. That's it. That 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 competition is done. Um, I still I, I still look for that episode that we did a couple of weeks ago to be cathartic, and it it still hurts. And yeah. all that'll hurt that'll hurt for a long time. Someone um someone someone I know said watch the Hearts TV highlights of the cup final back. This was just a few days after it. I just turned it off after Craig Gordon saved Christie's penalty. It's like. Yeah, just take me back to that moment again. You know, that moment, although it was slightly short, well, not slightly, it was much shorter, but you know that moment, it was like the time between um, Ryan Edwards' goal and Edward uh, levelling in Mm. the previous cup final. That moment where not, it wasn't just an optimism or a belief, it was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it. (laughs) Just that It's the hope that kills you, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. But um, yeah, It's, it's been a year of mainly mainly lows you have to say on the whole you know relatively speaking but there's been some high points there as well and hopefully there's not been enough high points there's, there's, not there's been, always going to be high, high points in in any season some have got more often uh, more than than others 2020 ultimately is a year to forget it would have been a year to remember if we'd won the cup um and it would have been the the icing on a rather bittersweet cake um the icing it would on have, a turd <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because what I mean, seriously, what is a bittersweet cake? Come on, Donaldson, really? Um, that it would have ended the, the year well. And now, I don't want to end on a downer, right? Because uh, we've got the big, big game against either Brora or or Camelin to come <laughs> at the start of January in the Scottish Cup. But there's. Uh, uh, I'm more enthusiastic about 2021 and Hearts with new signings, better quality hopefully to come in with what we have, with the structure we have in place, um, with the, the unbelievable work that the Foundation of Hearts is, is continuing to do, with the money that Hearts supporters are, are putting in, which is, is, is helping so much. I, I trust we have the right structure in place and the right people to, to spend that money wisely. As Anne Budge says, we only spend what we have. Gone are the days we don't spend money that we don't have. We will make mistakes. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, to kind of pin Elliot Freer and say, that's it. I'm not, doesn't matter what else you do in football, you signed Elliot Freer. That's, that's it for me. Um, who knows? 2021 could be the year of redemption. It could be the year we look back and say, you know what? At halftime in the cup final, everyone would have taken Eddie White off. And then look what he did. He got us back into it. 2021 could be the year where everyone's saying, you know what? At the end of 2020, everyone would have sold Elliot Freer. In fact, you know what? No one would have bought him. We would have given him away. We would have just said, take. we would have paid people to take him. But 2021 could be the year that the Elliot year of Freer... Freer. The year of free, and there's our title for this episode. 2021 will be the year of free. As predictions go, I'm not not quite sure. Um, Yeah, well, let's wait and see if that happens. (laughs) How long are you going to wait? January the 6th? Longer than that? Before we go, let's... Let's quickly talk about the fact that we, we will have a game very early in 2021. On the 2nd, 
this coming Saturday against Dundee, who have now crept up to third place in the table, uh, eight points behind Hearts, but on an, an unbeaten run of five games, and they've won their last two, scoring three goals in each. Osman So has found his shooting boots once more, a hat-trick against Queen of the South and a couple against Alawa. And Dundee will have um, a point to prove, having conceded six at Tynecastle in the opening league game of the season. This is a big one. It's a, a strange kickoff. 7.20pm UK time on, on Saturday evening, live on the BBC. But, you know, you look at that second half against our Broth and you hope it was just, you know, um, going through the motions. We're going to have to be on our game in this one. because yeah. um, they're, they're all right. They've picked up. Yeah. So, so is a player who has ability, but has not shown it for a while. Um, consistently, there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> I remember the 6-2 game. I remember your, your comment during the podcast after when we were looking back on it, saying, well, we know they've used up one of their subs already because Osman So is starting. And it's a case of how long is he going to get an hour this time? Because he's going to have to be brought off. He wasn't fit. And Robbie obviously saw enough in him. that He, he, he signed them for both Hearts and MK Dons and Dundee yeah. United. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's both, both of there. those three teams, yeah. <laughs> That's what you'd say to me. <laughs> Aye, all right, all right. You've given me the year of freer. You've messed with my mind. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he'll he'll have to be watched because he's getting a run of games now and he's scoring. Um, they're they're decent enough from a championship level, and that the way they're playing right now, I think, is better than the way Dunfermline were playing prior to them beating us. Dunfermline, that is. So yeah, they'll have to be. Um, We'll, we'll have to play well. I think uh, a think second half be, display think, against Arbroath is, is not yeah. going to be good enough. Do you think it'll be a game that, with all due respect to Arbroath coming to Tynecastle, but do you think it'll be a game again that Robbie will know that it's a, a little bit more, a little bit more needle, a bit more edge to it, and he will have he will have those players fired up and not. It's not to say that Robbie was like, ah, it's Arbroath on you, just go guys, do what you want. But Arbroath coming to Tynecastle. Um, it maybe didn't really have that little edge. And when there's no fans in the game, I suppose you you maybe need the edge from the fact that there is a little bit of recent history which has caused a bit of um, hurt for, for Hearts. And there's maybe a bit of a grudge match again. He can get those players up for it that they won't need the the fans, the backing, to um, get them fired up to, to put on a show at Den's. When you're a manager or a coach, you have to use absolutely everything you can to get your players fired up. And if he can't use that, and if the, the, the players aren't daft, the players need to be told. They don't need to be told that <laughs> this was a team that helped not put you in this position, but they helped put you in this position. We've, we've already spanked them once. Now go and do it again. But it can't be the case of, oh, it's, it's Dundee, we've got a grudge against them, let's go and produce a performance. There has to be a... There has to be a, a, a kind of that that performance level shouldn't. It's like people that say, "I'm going to give more than 100. I'm going to give 100." No, you're not. You're you're not. You cannot give more than 100. percent There are certain things in life where over 100 percent is acceptable. Not on a football pitch. You cannot give more than 100 percent, and that annoys me. Anyway, me you too. can't just say, you can't just say, "Well, it's Dundee. Let's make sure we're up for." Them. You should be up for them all. Oh no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying they the should, should be. But that. but. We saw it in the you know in the League Cup games, there was not a lethargy. But do you remember we're talking about Hearts? 
they hadn't really got going yet. They were in second or third gear. They got the they got the results, but they weren't overly impressive. You'd have to say, on the whole. But then Dundee came around, and it was like wow. You know, apart from a spell at the start of the second half, they were up for that. They weren't just up for getting the job done and winning. They were up for smashing. Of, of course, that was that was the that was the game when when Robbie was on our podcast that he'd identified as we're building up for that one. Okay, well, you you were excellent in that game and it was a thumping. Now, Charlie Adam playing well, uh, Osman So, yeah, they've they've come around again. Hearts haven't been building for this Dundee game. It was all about the first game of the season. So, if Hearts play well, they should win. But how many times have we said that? There's a lot of times that we say that, and it's not happened that often. Well, let's hope they're up for about, it. Yeah, yeah. They, they have to be. They, they have to be up for it. And what is it after that that game? We we go to Dundee, then we've got the cup tie. We'll get the so cup tie, back, and then not, it's Dunfermline. Yeah. Then right. So sorry. So then it's then it's Dunfermline at home. Then it's Aloha away. Is that the makeup game from the Scottish Cup final? The Aloha game? Um, uh, possibly. Was it Wraith? I'd have to go and double check. Oh, yeah, I think it was Wraith. Because we've not played Wraith this season, have we? Um, we've got... It'll be Wraith. I'd have to go and check. So I've not got anything open in front of me. But I believe it's no, Wraith. We, we, haven't, we, eventually we, haven't make... Wraith, we haven't played Wraith in the, in the league. Because we played them in the League Cup. Um, so that's... Uh, a rescheduled one. I think that's the 26th of January because we play them back to back. That's right. We play them back to back, 23rd then 26th. And one of them is the, the Scottish Cup tie. I think that was the game um, that we were due to play when we played the Scottish Cup final. Yeah. Um, yeah. We go into the new year. I'm, I'm, I'm happy where we are as far as the position in the league table is concerned. Um, but I still think there's a fair bit of improvement to come from a a playing perspective uh, as far as what we're seeing. I, I, I don't think we're anywhere near top gear um, anywhere just yet. And I think there's plenty of time to get there. Well, let's hope we find top gear in the next game, which is at Dens Park. We'll be back next week on Scarves Around the Funnel to discuss that match. Hopefully another victory for the league leaders. Yeah, um, it's the first game in the year of Freer, isn't the it? The first game of the, the, the year of Freer, so I'm sure he's going to have to start with maybe one or two goals, maybe an assist as well. And mm. we'll be talking about him for, for years to come. It's fine oh, when he so kicked on. Um, but so whatever fun. happens, we'll be back next week to talk about it. Uh, if you're tuning in, obviously still before the start of the year, you know, enjoy Hogmanay and your New Year celebrations, wherever you are. Thank you for tuning in once again. And yeah, let's, let's hope 2021 is better than 2020. It must be, it, right? Has to be. Please. <laughs> Please. <laughs> See you next time. Queen is still Barcelona has the games Lady Di is single again